This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning. And your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today we got a very interesting show planned for you. But first, what I'd like to tell you about it again is um, for those of you who are, that didn't listen to the show last week, we have a webinar coming up on September the 13th. It's at 11 a.m. And we're going to be looking at primarily the outlook for the Canadian and U.S. banks. We've had a lot of questions come in about bank stocks. I know a lot of you out there own uh, bank stocks. And what's happening with them, what's the future look like, what's happening with interest rates, all of those types of things. So we're going to be talking about that, but we're also going to be talking about how to use uh, covered calls to generate income. These are This is a strategy using calls to uh, you know generate higher income than normal, and that'll all be explained there too, maybe something of interest to you, primarily if you're somebody living off of your investments and you need higher income. Um, and then um, I'm going to talk about, uh, me particularly, um, more into financial planning. So what's happening with, um, you know, the market in terms of interest rates. I'm going to talk today about um, the bonds a bit, talk about the stock market, the outlook for the stock market. We're pretty positive. And we have a guest coming on today. His name is Jonathan Lowe. He's Vice President of Growth Equities at AGF. And he's going to talk about a positive slant on what's happening too. So you're, you're reading a lot of negative things, but there's a lot of people on the other side of the uh, trade that are looking at things that are going to be very positive. So we're going to go through a, a lull here in September, is my feeling, like we always have. And we, ha- you know, I've been doing this for almost 30 years now, and uh, it's always been a, a rough month because everybody's off all summer. They come back in, start selling, start adjusting things around, rattles up the market a bit. But then, you know, um, when you see the numbers and see how, you know, companies are making more money and see how people are spending more money and, and the economy is going along fine, you'll see that these these uh, companies in the stock market can uh, can make money. Now, last week, we also had a, a special guest on. His name's uh, Chris Delaney, and he's the author of a book called The Naked Opus. It's growing your family wealth for the long term. So he was generous enough to send us a few more books. As we had a draw last week for the books, but we have a few more. So if you're interested in estate planning, so everything to do with estate planning, if you, if you have an interest there, this book gives you a little bit different slant on estate planning and how you grow your wealth and how you transfer your wealth. And it's a best-selling book. And, it, you know, the great thing is Chris sent them to us. So we'll have a draw. So if you have an interest in reading that book or getting your hands on the book, all you got to do is call in. Call Dominique at 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. If you'd like to hear the interview with Chris... Uh, you know, all of our previous episodes are on our uh, website. It's primetimemoney.ca. You can go there and get them. But they also are on all those main streaming platforms like uh, Apple Music, Prime Music, Spotify. So if you type in Primetime Money, you'll be able to find, uh, you know, all of our podcasts there as well. So we're 
We're all over the place, folks, and you can find us and hear all of our uh, interviews that we do with all these great uh, speakers that we have on the show and all the interviews that we do and all the different sectors. So what we try to bring you every week is a, something a little bit different than we did the week before. It's not the same thing repeated over and over again. We're bringing you new information every week. And this week, I have a great idea for you on the bond side, not stocks, bonds. And I have a, a way that you can invest in a discount bond and get 7.95%. Stay right there, and I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. So how about 7.95% for a three-year Canada bank bond, a Canadian bank bond, three-year bond, 7.95%. So how do you do that? Well, first you have to understand how bonds work, and I'm going to explain that to you. And and what we'll do is we'll compare it to GICs. So with a GIC is an instrument, like these are bonds and GICs are called debt instruments. So what you're going to do is you're basically loaning money to somebody. You, the investor, is going to loan money to a bank. So you can loan money to the bank and you can buy their bank bond or you can go loan the money and they'll give you a GIC. And what happens is the loan and what you're entering into is an agreement for you to get your your money back plus interest. That's what a bond is. The difference between a GIC and a bond is a GIC is more of a a consumer type of vehicle. It's easy to buy. You hold it to the maturity and there's no other option. Where the bond market is 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 a vibrant liquid market and it's moving back and forth depending on what interest rates are doing. You could trade bonds. So that's usually an an advantage for a bond because you can trade your bond any business day. So even if I bought a 30-year bond, I could sell it in two weeks. I don't have to keep it to the maturity. Where in a GIC, they have your money locked up for that period of time and they'll charge you a penalty to get out of it. Where the bond will trade, it, it may not trade in your favor. You could lose money, but it could trade in your favor and you can make money. But each day, you can also can always get out of that particular bond. So again, they're both, you're loaning money to somebody, they're going to pay you, they're promising to pay you back, and they're promising to give you interest. So how do you know if they can do that? Well, with a GIC, there's insurance, CDIC insurance. So they're going to ensure that um, you bought, the bank has insurance, and they're going to say up to $100,000, we're going to ensure that we'll be able to pay you back plus the interest. On the other side, when you buy a bond, you have to go to a rating agency, and there's different rating agencies out there that rate the bonds. And they rate them triple A, double A, single A, triple B, double B, single B, triple C. So as you go down and go from A to C, those are you're going to get higher and higher rates because the quality of that company being able to pay you back goes down. Up to triple uh, B, you're basically um, into what's called investment grade. When you get to double B and single B and C's, those are, are shaky. You might get 12%, but you might not get your money back. So that's the, the trade-off when you're looking at uh, bonds. But today, because interest rates have gone up so much, and you know what's interesting, folks? I haven't talked about this on the radio because interest rates have gone down for so long that I had to go back to some of my shows that I did in the 1990s to find the information on you know, what I talked about on the show. And what we're going to talk about today is called a discount bond, okay? So here's how it works. And it, here's why it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity, and here's how we get to 7.95%. you got to remember, I'm RBC Dominion Security, so what we're saying to you is, is available, it's real, 
It's a Canadian uh, bank bond, so it exists, and it's not something that's a, a sales pitch to you. But I'm going to explain this type of bond and how you get to that rate after tax and with a tax equivalent. Okay, so now there's a Canadian bank bond out there that you can buy right now. So if you call your advisor or you call us, you can get this bond. It's due November the 2nd, 2026. Say, for instance, you buy a $100,000 bond like you'd buy a 100000 GIC. In this particular income uh, circumstance, you're going to buy a bond that gives you 1.85%. So the question is, why would I pay 1.85% for a bond when I can get a GIC at 5.5%? Here's why. You only pay $89,500 for that bond. So, that's called, so you're paying 89.5%. So now... I have this bond. It comes due in 2026. I pay 89000 for it, but I'm guaranteed 100000 See, that's called the face value. So I pay eighty I'm guaranteed $100,000. So what's that mean to me? Because I bought it for $89,500, I'm going to, on maturity, get 100000 That difference, $10,500, is called the capital gain. And in Canada... Interest is, char- is taxed at 100%. Dividends, you get a tax credit. But capital gains, you only pay tax on half. So now what I've done is I've said, okay, instead of me getting 5%, I'm going to take less to get a bigger capital gain guaranteed by this bank. Okay, it could be Bank of Nova Scotia, TD Bank, Royal Bank. They all have these bonds. So buying a bond at a discount, now this only works inside of your open investment account. The reason why is you want to do it in an area where you're getting taxed. So that the, on the one side, you got a GIC where you got to pay 100% tax. On the other side, you're going to get this bond where you're going to get a capital gain. And you're basically assured that capital gain because in this case, you know, the bonds that I'm talking about are AA bonds. The only bonds that are AAA are basically Government of Canada and some provincial bonds. So you get the highest credit quality. You know they're going to pay you back. You know you're going to get your interest. So you're going to have a built-in capital gain there. And that's how we get to that. So when you take that $89,500, take the $10,000, convert it to capital gains, which is half taxable, take the 1.85% for three years, add it all together, and look at the tax aspect of it, you're basically going to yield yourself 7.95%. So when you look at that and you say, okay, I could get that compared to 5.4%, like a three-year GIC, they're good now, they're 5.4%, but... You know, when you look at it with a tax equivalent because of the capital gains treatment, you're getting 50% more by buying a a bank bond that's AA rated. The other benefit of uh, buying these bonds, again, is is three years. If you needed that money between now and then the end of the three years, basically what you could do is you could sell it any business day. You have to find out what the market value is and interest rates are going to affect bonds. And so all of these calculations are going to take place in terms of you making an analysis and looking for these bonds. But I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you too, folks, because if you want to learn more, um, I've put together a package for you, and here's what's in it. So we're going to have um, two items. So number one is I have a publication from RBC Dominion Securities, and it's called uh, the Discount Bonds Report. And what it will do is it will give you pricing on one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year bonds, um, what you can buy them for, and then the uh, after-tax return, you can get that. And then I also have what's called a, um, what we call it, it's called the Bond Taxation Guide. So it's going to explain how bonds pay regular interest compared to GICs, how you buy the bonds, how accrued interest works. I didn't get into that calculation, but it does have an effect in terms of, you know, the taxation and how that 
how you deal with that when you're doing your annual taxation. Because each year as you get interest, you got to report that interest. You're going to get a T-slip for that. So that explains all that. How interest rates affect the price. So if you wanted to settle down a given day, how, how are prevailing interest rates going to affect the price of your bond that you'd get if you try to sell it prior to maturity? Um, what happens if you hold the bond right to the maturity date? Explains all about that. How do you purchase a discount bond and how do you understand the math? And, you know, that's all included in the other report that I have for you. Selling your bond prior to maturity explains that. Um, also talking about if you sell your bond for a gain, in a prevailing, if interest rates start going down, these bonds may go up a lot faster than they should. And then all of a sudden you could have even an outsized gain on bonds in, in this kind of a marketplace. So that's something we're going to talk about too. So if we get to a point here, folks, where interest rates kind of peak out and start dropping, there could be opportunity to not only get the interest, but make some capital gains on a lot of different bonds too. But I'll keep you up to speed on that on the show. Uh, calculating what's called yield to maturity, that's important when you're doing the uh, comparison with, uh, with bonds. And then there's another area called convertible bonds. And I'll leave that for another show to explain because convertible bonds are a bond... And the word convertible means you can convert them into stock. So another interesting area that's going to be uh, for you because of, you know, what interest rates are doing today. And we haven't been talking about those over the last 20 years because interest rates kept going up. So these didn't work. Now where we, the interest rates have already gone to a point where they've gone straight up. Now there's a potential that they're going to go back down. And that's where you can make some money on all these. So if you'd like to get those, um, so the one item is our discount bond report. And the second one is the bond taxation guide. You want to get both of them together for sure. Uh, all you got to do is call Dominique, free for the asking. 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. And if you think the stock market is going to do well by the end of the year, we do. And our guest does too. Jonathan Lowe is going to be joining us in a minute. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us now is Jonathan Lowe. He's the Vice President of Growth Equities at AGF Investments. Hey, good morning, Jonathan. Thanks for uh, joining us here today. Hey, thanks, Richard. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. So um, what we wanted to have you come on and talk about, Jonathan, is you know, we're getting lots of questions from the, you know, the listeners of the show and uh, you know, public seminars that I've been doing. And are we in a recession? Are we close to recession? You know, what are these rate hikes done? Um, What's your take on, you know, what's happening in uh, U.S. and global economies right now? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, certainly on the economy, you know, we've, we've certainly seen some weakness here in Canada. You know, we, knew, we know that the second quarter GDP here in Canada was slightly negative, but that's really hasn't been the case for the global economy, particularly for the U.S. Uh, I think everybody's been waiting for some time for a recession, but that just has not come. You know, actually, uh, the median uh, probability forecast for uh for U.S. recessions has been hovering around 60 to 70 percent since October of last year. So, you know, people have, or forecasters have been expecting a recession for almost a year now. Uh, but the reality is that we've seen the economy in the U.S. strengthening, not weakening. So Q2 U.S. GDP growth came in at 2.4 percent. Uh, that was well, well above consensus expectations. It was just recently revised to 2.1. But if you look at something called the uh, Atlanta Fed GDP Now metric, which is trying to measure basically real-time conditions in, in the economy, it's currently reading at 5.6% growth. So, uh, you know, we, we're paying a lot of attention to uh, economic surprise indices. Those are also uh, generally have been getting stronger, not weaker, over the past uh, past several months. So 
Uh, I think the linchpin for a resilient economy has really been the labor market. Uh, and the labor market has been weakening, uh, but it's still in relatively decent shape. You know, for the most part, we've had monthly job numbers that, you know, while weakening, have been above the pre-pandemic average. So the labor market has really bent but not broken. And that's supported, you know, that's that's supported the consumer. You know, I, I think another thing that supported the consumer is the pent-up savings that we had from the pandemic. Uh, you know, data from the Fed shows that U.S. consumers saved up about $2.1 trillion during the pandemic. We've been spending through that over the past several years, uh, and, and those balances are in decline. But we, and so we are in a period of normalization. But it has supported uh, consumer spending as well. Uh, and of course, we you know the second part of your question around rate hikes. You know we know we know that the impact of rate hikes has lagged anywhere from 12 to 18 months. We're, we're still going to feel that effect uh, ahead in terms of what the Fed has done. Uh, but I think there's one reason why we believe the U.S. consumers has been much more resilient, and, and that a part of that is that the U.S. consumer is less sensitive to rising rates. In the U.S., they have uh, 30-year mortgages, so only uh, 15% of their mortgage, mortgages are of the variable rate variety. Uh, that compares to about 35% here in Canada mm-hmm. and much higher figures elsewhere uh, in, around the world. And, and if, you, if you think about that uh, in combination with how housing prices have behaved, it, you know, housing prices in the U.S. and Canada are about 40% above where they were pre-pandemic. And I think that has a supportive effect as well on the wealth effect. But, you know, for the stock market, we're, we're optimistic. We're going through a few, uh, a couple of weaker months here in the summer. Uh, but I think there's two things worth paying attention to. You know, the first is uh, the Fed, obviously, and, and when they stop hiking rates. We think that we're getting closer to the end uh, of the Fed's rate hike uh, posture. We might not quite be there yet, but, you know, we, we, we do think that there's eventually going to be confirmation that the Fed is going to be done. And that should be a very positive positive catalyst for, for stocks, because historically we've seen stocks do very well in the 12 months after the Fed's last rate hike. Yeah, that's great news, uh, Jonathan. You know, we, we like to hear some positive things, because what you said is the opposite of what's been written by a lot of people. And we're on the same side of the, you know, we're on the same side as you, is that we feel things are going to be, uh, you know, better into the end of this year for sure. But, you know, September and August are always slow months, and we, you got you just got to chew through them. Yeah, I know you guys are, particularly your sector there, you guys are growth investors. Um, yep. and, and, and it's a little bit um, idea around market leadership is the way that you guys invest. Tell us about market leadership and maybe a, a couple of themes that you like right now. Sure, yeah. I mean, the, the idea of market leadership, is, you know, I think is part of it is actually on display with this year where we had, uh, you know, very few stocks generate, uh, the bulk of the market's return in the first five months. But I think over the long term, that's what tends to happen, actually. The bulk of the market's return is generated by very few stocks. You know, there was an academic study done several years ago. It was called, uh, do, do stocks outperform treasury bills? And and I think most people have given five seconds to answer that. You know, they say, of, of course, stocks outperform treasury bills. But the reality is that actually most stocks do not outperform one-month T-bills in their lifetimes. And the the, 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 the converse uh, conclusion is that the market actually outperforms in aggregate because of very few stocks. About 4% of stocks historically were responsible for 100% of the market's wealth creation. So we're trying to identify and participate in those leaders with conviction. Our belief is that market leadership tends to emerge because of one of two factors. The first is a bottom-up innovation. So a company creating a new product or service that's taking market share, uh, that generating above-average growth. You know, those companies tend to lead over time. But the other has to do with the macro environment. You know, sometimes the macro environment changes. Uh, that results in one group of stocks taking leadership over another group of stocks. I think the past three years have been a great example of this. You know, we had a, you know, stay-at-home stocks during the pandemic that worked well. Then we had reopening stocks that worked well. 
Then uh, we had, uh, you know, companies that were in capital preservation mode, you know, as we had, uh, you know, higher inflation, higher rates uh, do well. So uh, sometimes it's the macro environment that's also leading to changes in leadership. And, and I think that that's what we're, we're really trying to achieve in the strategy. You know, we have our, our, our philosophy is about demonstrating objectivity around the idea of market leadership uh, and have a more flexibility and consider macro changes in the context of growth investing. So, you know, like last year was a very difficult year for growth managers. Uh, so we protected on the downside because we were paying attention to the macro environment because inflation was high and the Fed was raising rates aggressively. Yeah. Now, in terms of uh, you know, themes that we're interested in, you know, I think the theme that everyone wants to talk about right now is generative AI. And, and, and I think uh, related areas and drug discovery, I think AI can really usher in a new area, uh, a new era of drug discovery. And so healthcare is a space that where we're really excited about innovation. Um, you know, we think sustainability has an area is an area with long-term tailwinds. So, uh, you know, it's going to be volatile along the way. But if you think about 15 years from now, we're probably going to be using more renewable energy, driving more electric vehicles. Uh, and in the last uh, area that we're, we're paying a lot of attention to and it's macro related is really the idea around deglobalization. So I think we're entering a, a multipolar world and that has ramifications for companies when they think about their supply chains and they optimize them for resiliency instead of efficiency. You know, several years ago, you might have put your factory in the country that makes the cheapest widgets. Today, you're thinking about the country that has the best combination of cost and reliability. So I think that as investment opportunities, um, whether that be in areas like uh, semiconductors or rare earth minerals or just the industrial sector more broadly. Yeah, those are great ideas, Jonathan. I know you're busy. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. No, thanks so much, Richard. Thanks for having me on on the show. All right, you take care. Okay, that was Jonathan Lowe. He's the Vice President of Growth Equities at AGF Investments. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by AGF Investments. Okay, we got about a minute left. We have all kinds of information to send out to you. Number one, we have the draw for the Naked Opus book, Um, talks about estate planning, so if you're interested in that. We also have our seminar coming up on Wednesday, September the 13th. It's a webinar. You can register for that. And we have two items in terms of talking about those bonds. So number one is the RBC Dominion Securities Discount Bond Report, which talks about all the bonds that are available for you to purchase these days. And number two is the Bond Taxation Guide that talks about everything that you need to know in terms of investing in, in bonds and the taxation affecting you when you buy bonds, because what we talked about today on the show were discount bonds that were paying somewhere in the 75 to 7.9% range. So if you'd like to get that, get all that information, all you got to do, of course, on primetime money is call Dominique, 1-866-891-2637. That's one 891 2637 You can register for the seminar, get the book. Get the RBC Dominion Securities Discount Bond Report or get the Taxation Guide. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you right back here next week at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you've been listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.